ask the franchisor and ask existing franchisees, are these fees necessary? Are these fees worth it? How do these fees ultimately help me as a franchisee? Don't be afraid to ask those questions. Welcome to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast, where we talk about all things franchising. Now, here's your host, Dr. John P. Hayes. Welcome to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast. I'm your host, John Hayes, and I'm happy you're here. In today's episode, I want to spend some time talking to you about franchise fees. This is an area of concern for people and also an area of confusion for people. Why fees? What are these fees all about? When do I have to pay them? Why do I have to pay them? What do I get for them? And those are all good questions. And you know, I think one of the things that people don't realize about franchising is that the United States government is really on the side of the franchisee or the prospective franchisee. The government has gone to great lengths to make it possible and, in fact, legal for you to put a franchisor on the hot seat, so to speak, and find out any information that you want to find out. Fees certainly fall into that category. So there are three fees that you need to know about. There's the upfront franchise fee. There's an ongoing royalty fee. And there may be a advertising. There are three fees that you need to know about. First is the upfront franchise fee. Lump sum payment paid once, paid upfront. It's your membership fee. Secondly, the royalty fee. That's ongoing. Every month for as long as you're a franchisee, you're going to pay the royalty fee. And the third fee may or may not exist although it's unusual for it not to exist, and that's the advertising fee. It's not the franchisor's money. The first two fees, the upfront fee and the royalty, that money belongs to the franchisor. What's different about that third category, the advertising fee, is that that remains your money. It remains collectively when it's all collected from, let's say, 50 franchisees, 500 franchisees, 5,000 franchisees, and it's millions of dollars. That money belongs to the franchisees, not to the franchisor. There's another fee that falls in there some of the time. It's becoming more common, and that's a technology fee. Might be, for example, $1,000 a month that helps the franchisor underwrite the cost of providing technology, which is becoming more and more important in franchising. But let's go back to the franchise fee, that upfront membership fee. What's that all about? And what do you make of that? It's going to be maybe $50,000, $75,000. Not unusual today to see franchise fees in the range of $100,000. And you're going to ask yourself, can I afford it? Is it worth it to pay that much money? Well, let's remember, what is franchising? It's a methodology or a system that a franchisor creates and hopefully perfects to the extent that they can. There are always going to be changes. There are always going to be flaws. There are always going to be interruptions in every business process. But whatever brand you think about in franchising, they created a system for making money out of whatever their product or service is. And they don't create that system at no cost. Franchisors can spend millions of dollars 
before they ever sell a franchise. And that upfront franchise fee is a way for them to begin to recover that investment. And in addition to that, and more likely, that upfront franchise fee is being used to underwrite the cost of training franchisees. One of the things about that fee, let's say it's $50,000, and that's a lot of money. It, it might be all of your savings, or at least a big chunk of your savings. And you're going to be nervous about paying someone $50,000 and not knowing if you will succeed or not. Well, I really want you to be relaxed about that, and you can be, because you need to ask questions before you pay the $50,000. And paying $50,000 to franchisor A may not be the same as paying $50,000 to franchisor B. And you're going to, again, have to ask questions. You're going to have to do your due diligence to find out, do I buy A or do I buy B? Whether it's a $50,000 fee or an $80,000 fee, which one, where's the fit? Where do I belong? And the franchisor who's going to use that money to reinvest in you, that's one of the first signs. That's one of the first points of information that you want to arrive at, that the franchisor is going to take my money and give it back to me through education, training, support. In a way, you're paying for your degree. You don't get a degree from a franchisor, although franchisors talk about you come to our school, you come to our university. Great. And at that university, they teach you how to be an expert in their business, selling whatever it is they represent. This is your opportunity to get your the equivalent of your MBA in that brand. And that's pretty important. Not only that, $50,000, even $100,000, it's not a lot of money for an education that is going to give you the skills and the resources to make money for the rest of your life and maybe more money than you ever thought was possible. And to take that business and hand it down to your children if you want to, or maybe even better, sell it. You started with zero equity, you build it up to millions of dollars, and you're going to sell it for a multiple, and maybe you come away with $30 million as a result of that franchisor creating a system that they taught to you, and you implemented it. Yes, you did pay for it, but you didn't pay nearly as much for it as the outcome is going to provide to you over a lifetime of operating that business. Before we continue, let me tell you about the Selling Franchises Boot Camp coming up at Palm Beach Atlantic University, the home of the Titus Center for Franchising in West Palm Beach. This two-day boot camp is jam-packed with information and people who will help you sell more franchises in 2023 and beyond. Everything from lead generation to technology that people are using today to sell more franchises, to events that you can incorporate, to how to sell to the generations of people who are buying franchises. Baby boomers don't buy the same way as Gen Z buys, and you need to know that information. Plenty of networking opportunities, three major keynotes, lots of information that will be valuable to you in this two-day boot camp at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can get all the details at TitusCenter.com. Click on Selling Franchises Bootcamp. It's set for January 19 and 20, 2023. So people will complain about the franchise fee. They'll say, why do I have to pay all $50,000 at once? Maybe I could pay $10,000 at a time. 
or 25 and 20. No, no, no. You've got to make a commitment. Franchisor wants to see that you've made a commitment. Money makes a commitment. Paying it up front makes a commitment. And also, you've got to study this a little bit. Franchisor wants to know that you didn't just write a check for $50,000 like it's $5. No, you had to stretch to do that. And before you stretch to do that, you gave it some thought. You put some research into this before you made that decision. So you want to make sure that the franchisor is going to make take good care of your money. By the way, a big chunk of that franchise fee is going to be awarded as a commission to whoever sold you the franchise. Oftentimes, it will be a franchise broker who doesn't work directly for the franchisor. There are brokers all across the country representing a small number of franchise concepts or brands to hundreds of them. And you contact a broker and you don't pay the broker anything. But the broker isn't doing this out of the goodness of their heart. The broker is going to get paid. And the way the broker gets paid is to help you, lead you to a franchise that you like, a franchise that you're compatible with, franchise that you want to invest in. And when you pay $50,000 to your new franchisor, that franchisor turns around and gives that broker, awards that broker, a $25,000 commission out of your $50,000. So in a sense, you do pay for the broker. It's just not, you're not writing a check directly to the broker. Then it pays for your training and support. Initially, at least, you're going to have to learn how to operate the franchisor's business. And you learn that in a training class that might be at your location, might be in a hotel room, might be at the franchisor's university, a center that they've created to train their franchisees. And that training might be five days, could be less, depending on what the product is or the services that you're providing. But it's likely to be two weeks or three weeks. And it could even be broken up in some cases that you get training for two weeks at the franchisor's location. Then a week later, the franchisor comes to your location, spends a week there providing more training. And then you go back for another week of training at the franchisor's location. It's, it's going to be different. There are 4,000 different franchise brands in North America, and they all have different training programs. But generally, it's a couple of weeks of training. Somebody's got to pay for that. It's not free. The trainers have to be paid. Materials have to be paid for. They're going to give you a, a manual, the franchise manual that tells you how to do what they do. They're going to give you the system it's going to be black on white. Sometimes it's going to be in video. Well, someone produced that video. Someone acted in that video. Someone wrote the video. All of these training materials have to be paid for. And whatever books they give you, whatever materials they give you to take home, to study, to use as references, all of that has to be covered in the upfront franchise fee. And generally, it's it's not enough. At Homevestors, where I served as president and CEO for a period of time. We had a $50,000 franchise fee and we had two weeks of training and we could not cover the, the training with the $50,000 minus the commission money that we paid. There was not enough money. Even if we had 10 franchisees and we had each paid $50,000 and we had half of that, a quarter of a million dollars to train them over two weeks time, wasn't enough with all the materials, all the insights, all the information, all the expertise, bringing in a lawyer to talk to you about real estate law, 
for two or three days. That didn't come without paying a fee. And not only lawyers, but accountants, people who would come in as experts in real estate, experts, buyers, sellers, listing agents. We had a lot of uh, expertise that we brought into our training center to help people understand. Bankers who we didn't necessarily have to pay because they liked getting the business from our franchisees. But nonetheless, you feed people, you entertain people. Franchisors spend a ton of money. And they should. Training franchisees, they should spend a ton of money. Because without you, they can't build their brand. And without them, you don't really have a system for building a business. So the fee makes sense. I also equate it to if you've joined a club of any kind, country club, you want to go there to swim, you want to play tennis, you want to play golf, you want to party there, you want to dine Friday nights in the country club dining room, you want to meet your friends, you want to network there. It doesn't come without a fee. There's a, a membership fee that you pay annually at the country club. In franchising, you pay the membership fee one time. But then there's this royalty. And people freak out over that. You mean I'm going to pay a nickel out of every dollar, 10 cents out of every dollar to the franchisor for the rest of my time? I do mean that. You are going to do that. That's what the franchise agreement you sign is going to state. You are going to pay the franchisor a royalty. Well, why? Why do I have to pay this royalty? First of all, let's talk about profit. It's not a dirty word. Franchisors need to make a profit. And you want your franchisor to make a profit because you want the franchisor to be there tomorrow when you need them and next year when you need them and 10 years from now when you still need them. You don't want the franchisor folding up because they made no money. You want the franchisor to make a healthy profit and good franchisors do that and they're not shy about it. And if you ask them how much profit do you make, they're going to share that information with you. So you're going to pay a royalty. It's going to include the franchisor's profit, but it includes a whole lot more. How do franchisors support franchisees? You have a director of training. That director of training might have two or three people working with them. You have a director of support. That director might have two or three people, coaches, mentors for the franchisees. Who pays these people? So when a franchisee says, you know, I don't think 6% is fair for the royalty. I think it should be 3%, 2.5%, 4%. A franchisor can sit down and say, well, let's think about that for a moment. Who would you like me to eliminate from the support team? Franchisees start thinking about that. They depend on that support. You've got a coach at the franchisor's office who you can call seven days a week or six days a week or Whatever it is that you're in business, when you need support from the franchisor, you can call the support person to get help, to get an answer, even though that answer is probably in your franchise manual. But who wants to flip through a manual to look for information when you can just make a phone call or get on a Zoom call with somebody at the corporate office who might not even be at the corporate office, might be working on Saturday from home. And you can call them up and say, hey, can't get my cash register to open. Can't figure this out. Can't figure that out. Now, that doesn't happen all the time. Although in the beginning years of your franchise, when you're learning the system, you've got a lot of questions to ask the franchisor. Who holds your hand? Who provides that support? Who's coming up with new ideas? Who's improving the technology? Who's looking at research and, and uh, data that's going to help determine how your business is going to change in the next three years, five years, 10 years, what the laws are that might impact your business. Who's looking out for you? 
your franchisor is and who's paying those people at the corporate office who are studying advertising, marketing, and understanding how to come up with new concepts, new ideas, how to best the competition. Who's doing that for you? There's a support team doing that for you. And somebody's got to pay that support team. And that comes from royalties. Just having a, a regional meeting once a year or a convention once a year could cost a franchisor a half million dollars by the time it's all done. Paying for food, paying for talent to come in, to speak at that convention, paying the, for the ballroom, paying for the technology that you need. It's not unusual for franchisors to spend half a million dollars on their convention, treating their franchisees really well, which is part of the reason why you want to be involved in a franchise network. It takes money. That comes from royalties. And then, of course, the advertising fee itself. That might be 2%, 3% of your gross sales. The royalty is based on gross sales. The royalty is going to be some percent of your top line sales that you'll pay in royalty. You don't pay it off the net. I know you'd like to do that. You, you say, I only made $100,000 out of my million dollars in gross sales. I'm happy to give the franchisor a 5% royalty out of my net. Well, it doesn't work for the franchisor. It's not going to be enough money to pay for what needs to be provided to you to continue your support as a franchisee. Same with advertising. You don't pay 3% of the net. You pay 3% of the gross. It goes into the advertising fund. Franchisees are in charge of that money or should be in charge of that money. It's not the franchisor's money. You might hire the franchisor to manage that money for you, but franchisees will be on the ad council and they'll have a, a voice and a vote in determining if we've got $5 million this year in our advertising fund, how are we going to spend it? Are we going to buy billboard advertising, radio advertising, a combination of radio TV advertising? Are we going to be on the internet? Are we going to make uh, new TV commercials, new radio commercials? I, as a franchisee, certainly don't know how to do that. I want an agency, an ad agency working on my behalf. And you might interview two, three, a half dozen ad agencies, and you come up with the one you want to take your $3 million and turn that into $30 million on behalf of the franchisees. So that's your advertising fee that is paid as well generally on a monthly basis. Technology fee, if there is one, generally paid on a monthly basis. All of these fees are reinvestments in you or should be reinvestments in you as a franchisee. You can't begrudge a franchisor for making a profit, particularly if it's a fair profit. You want that franchisor to be there to continue training and supporting you and looking out for your future, coming up with new ideas, new product lines, new technologies, new services that you can provide to make even more money, to be there to help you. And so that's why all of these fees are essential in franchising. But they're not sacred cows. You are expected to ask the franchisor and ask existing franchisees, are these fees necessary? Are these fees worth it? How do these fees ultimately help me as a franchisee? Don't be afraid to ask those questions. This is John Hayes, and this is the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast. I'm glad you came along. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast with Dr. John P. Hayes. Tune in next time for more conversation around all things franchising. Mm -hmm.